0: Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at EquipusChurch.com forward slash Christchurch.
1: A really exciting time for us as a church. There's been so many things happening and I've asked uh, these guys to come come up on the stage. That'd be awesome. Um, I've asked these guys to come because, uh, so last week we had Shout, which was significant, such an awesome time. Who I uh, got to see some of the sessions of Shout either in person or on the live stream. Yeah, so good. Such an amazing time. And I've asked these guys just to share a little bit about uh, what God did for them in the time of shout. And so uh, just remember, it's always a little bit nerve-wracking when you're standing up on the stage. So we can be super. Just put on your smiliest face right now. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it makes it much easier. And we can just encourage them. Uh, they're going to introduce themselves. But I love, uh, just, just they're going to share a little bit of uh, what God's been doing in their lives in the last uh, few weeks. So I'm going to start with you. Going to go first. Oh, MJ's hiding.
2: Hi, my name is Maya, I'm 10 years old, and my favourite thing at Shout was praise and worship and learning the new songs and going ice skating. Hi, my name is Melitha, but you can call me MJ. I'm seven years old. My favourite bit about Shout was praise and worship and making new
3: friends and watching Space Jam. Hi. Hello, for lover, I'm Donna. I'm 21 years old, um, plus 10. <clears throat> and um, man, where do you start? Any time someone asks me how I shout, I can only think of two words: so good. Can you say so good? So good. From Kathy Mark sharing about um, jealousy to Shane Willow sharing the Bible in five words, mind blowing. Um, one of the most practical sessions for me was um, Pastor. Mark Wenges, who we talked about thankfulness. Um, um, quick four points that I took from it: thankfulness is an alarm; it awakens praise. Thankfulness is a compass; guides you back on track. Thankfulness is an anchor, with weight holds you in the storm. Thankfulness is a key; gives you access for more. Can I get an amen? Um, coming back, being thankful is one of the things I'm act- actively tried to implement into my everyday life. Um, especially when you are stuck in traffic and someone cuts you off. Whew, thank you. Aren't we thankful that we don't have traffic like Auckland? Whew. Um, the other thing I'm also truly thankful for is the team of volunteers that took the Shout Kids. Can we get a um, applause for those guys? Um, I have to give them um, a round of applause because looking after my two plus 30 or 40 other kids, man... Um, I'm truly thankful because if it wasn't for them, like I wouldn't be able to be able to engage, fully engage in the sessions that were given um, and not have to worry about my two, not one bit. And no, it wasn't just a babysitting service. The kids were actually given a space to um, encounter God. How good is that? Um, Maya here actually had a notebook with her, and I just flicked through it this morning, and she had like pages and pages of notes that she took. And one of the things that was in it was like, how they explained the, um, the cry of the Spirit, um, the physical and the emotional connections that they have. How awesome is that? And also how unstoppable the churches when we pray for others. Man. So my highlight will ultimately have to be um, seeing my two calling out for God, dancing, singing at, on Shout Sunday. Um, something that I feel was unlocked at Shout Kids. For that, I am truly, really thankful. As a mom, you know you want your kids to have their own encounter with God. You know, we can bring them to church every Sunday, but our um, our one goal is for them to encounter God for themselves, you know? If you're a parent with, with kids and you're on the fence about deciding where to go next year, I'm going to tell you what Pastor Tico told me last year that made me go. This is your sign to move. For me, it was an investment for my family. A chance for us to encounter God together, creating life memories. Make the choice to start planning for right now. For shout twenty twenty two, right now. I mean, come on. The theme is right now. I promise you, you will not regret it. lava. Thanks, guys.
2: Awesome. Hi, I'm Diana. Um, I'm part of the pretty cool youth down here. <laughs> Um, I'm also a tourism student so yeah that's cool. Um, Shout for me was pretty awesome but I went to shout with zero expectation because the start of this year and like the end of last year has been pretty difficult but got there in the end Um, and I honestly thought that I was like at shout for no reason Um, like because my prayers hadn't been answered I was praying for months and months and they just weren't hadn't been answered and my family my mom <laughs> had seen the change in me like for me coming to church and everything um and I wanted them to know God like I do so that was my biggest prayer was getting to my family to know God like I do and Sam I think it was Sam was speaking Friday morning I think I don't know some some morning, <laughs> and at the end of every service, we do this prayer for people that want to get to know God, and have Him in this life, and. You're supposed to close your eyes, but I, I had my eyes open because I had, had a wee peek over at Mum, and she had her she had her hands raised and like praying that prayer, and it was just so awesome to see that because my I was like, okay, I'm at sharp for a reason. Like, she, he's working through me because he's working through my family, and that was just like my huge prayer that was just for Mum to get to know God, and she had her hands raised. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> So yeah, that was pretty awesome. (laughs) Um, And then Kathy was preaching the following day and she said, if you feel invisible, then that's not God. You are chosen. You are special. And I really took that in because I was like, okay, I'm Mm -hmm. actually here for a reason. I'm not, didn't just take the time off work, take the time off course to just not be there for no reason. So yeah, it's been awesome that he's like answered my prayers (laughs) and just seen mum be part of the movement that we have. It's awesome.
0: Well, I'm Vicky, Um, as Diana said, I'm her mum. Um, I'm involved with the kids with Andrea sometimes on a Sunday morning. And I um, have been doing that voluntary for a wee while and absolutely love it. And um, Andy asked me a couple of weeks ago, what was my reason for going to shout? And I said to him, ask me on Monday, cause I've got no idea, but I know I need to be there this, this year for some reason. Um, and thankfully it was made possible that I could go. Um, and it was the best weekend ever. It really totally was. Um, from the moment I walked in on Thursday morning, and even beat Diana to registration, I was like, "Yes, <laughs> first in <and> something." <laughs> um, till the Sunday afternoon when we all sort of dissipated and went our own ways, it was just incredible. And Friday night was the one that really—sorry, uh, Thursday night was the one that really moved me. And um, the theatre was like—you know—the the arena was completely and utterly chock-a-block, um, and to feel the spirit in there and actually moving in me to give me my purpose Um, and I believe now my purpose is to follow through with working with the children a lot more and hopefully volunteering overseas and going to to work with them, you know, help them through Fiji for example. That's my bucket list. So um, I really am thrilled that Diana said to me come because Every time she said to me to come to church, there's been something I've needed to hear, and um, the weekend was just blew my mind. I really don't have any specific words for it, but if you're thinking about going next year, right now.
4: Morning church, uh, my name is Rachel, for those who don't know me. Um, before I went to shout, um, I'd felt like for a while I'd been in, like, two seasons, like, in between two seasons. And so, like, I, I've i had 14 years where it's been challenging, just a lot of challenge. And believing for some things that I was really hungry for God to move in and to shift. And I felt like I said to my e-group about a month before Shout, I feel like my season's coming to an end, but I don't know what the next season looks like, (laughs) which is kind of scary too, because you know the season you're in, you don't know what's next, you know. But anyway, the message like shout was phenomenal, like just being in the presence of God and letting him move and minister in my heart and to work through some of those broken things, But Pastor Mark spoke on the last night, and he spoke about storms. And he spoke, you know, there's a Matthew 8 storm, you know, one of our own creating, (laughs) and that God can deliver us from quickly. And then there's Matthew 14 storms, which are long, and you have to endure them. And the way you endure them is putting your focus upon Jesus. And when he spoke that, it it dawned on me, this has been a storm. There's been ups and downs. There's been times where I've walked on water and I've seen the miraculous and seen God move. And I'm incredibly grateful for those moments. But there's also been moments where I felt overwhelmed. And the storm had looked so much bigger than what I should have to walk, (laughs) you know. And... um, it came to the last minute and Pastor Mark, just almost in passing, just said, you know what, what comes after the storm is revival. And when he spoke that, I just, my something in my heart was like, revival, that's what comes next. What does revival mean? So I looked it up, as you do, and it says... Restoration to life, consciousness, vigour, and strength. And then the other word that they use for it is awakening. And that means arousing from inactivity or indifference. And in that moment, I felt like there'd been a whole lot of indifference in me because I'd had so many disappointments that had drowned out all the possibilities. And I just felt like God came in that moment and started to revive the things that are part of who I am called to be and what I am called to do. And I don't know, you know, he turned around after and he said, Pastor Sam and Kathy, that's a message for you. That's a message for equippers." And I just was like, that's us. We're the church he's wanting to revive the things that are sitting that have been sitting and waiting and he's about to move and uh, you know I thought about storms storms uh you have a boat often in boats when you're in a storm you chuck your baggage overboard <laughs> and I've just been thinking you know God you know I feel like I just got rid of a whole lot of baggage I feel like there's a whole lot of baggage going and I just wonder what other baggage do we have that we need to let go of to lead us into a new season of revival because he wants to come and meet us. And, and, and Pastor um, Shane Willard he keeps saying, God meets the broken story where the broken story is at. And I mean, I don't know whether you're in a storm of your own choosing. Maybe you're in revival, awesome. <laughs> but any, either way, God wants to meet you and so I would just encourage you you know awesome worship amazing worship when we come to church let's come excited willing and waiting God what is it that you want to do you know and let's have revival Yeah. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this amazing church, this gathering of people, Lord, who who call you their saviour and their Lord. Lord, I thank you that you are ready to move in our midst, God. You're hungry to restore the things that have been broken, Lord. You're hungry to revive the call of God on the inside of our hearts. You're hungry to capture our hearts again. God, I cry out, God, come and meet us, Lord, as we move through this next season, God, guide us with your um, awesomeness. Lord, let, let your awesomeness break through. Lord, I pray for miracles. Lord, I pray that you would shift us from one space to the next space and open doors of opportunity. God, I thank you for this church. Lord, I thank you for the people. And Lord, I pray your will be done.
1: In Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we give them a round of applause? Him. What incredible testimonies, hey? I love, I love seeing what God has been doing. I love talking to people and hearing uh, the, the different things that God has revealed in our lives. And I, I love that God can speak to us at every place that we're at. I love that when you go to shout, there's an environment uh, where, you know, you've invested, you've made a decision to be there and you set aside that time. And I, I, lo- I think it kind of like a catalyst, right? That there's this space that God does something significant over a period of time. And, but I love that it's not just for people who went to shout, right? I love that actually, you know, often one of the pictures of revival is a wildfire, right? That that thought of that actually it extends beyond. And I love the passion and what God has stirred. you know, as Rach prayed, that actually something will stir in each of us. And so maybe you got the opportunity to watch the live stream. Maybe you just tuned in for Shout Sunday last week, but we're believing that God has done something significant in your life uh, as well. And we know, uh, you know, there was this moment um, at the end of Shout, uh, one of the kids' team had taken this photo of um of my son Joshi and f- for me, he was just in uh, praying, and he just had his hands raised, and it just like this moment between him and God, and for me, like it was like a capturing of. Like one of the, you know, the deepest desires, as Donna said, of of a mum's heart, right? That feeling like, God, I I want them to have a relationship with Jesus that that is real, that's their own. I I love that when Joshy stands in in the auditorium, he looks around and he's like, this is my church, right? We grew up in conservative Anglican churches with like, you know, like quite a different upbringing. But I love that our kids are in a space where they look around and it's cool, right? There's something, the music is, is stirs something in our hearts, and I, we just love to encourage you to, to make a decision, right? That it is an investment, but something significant happens uh, when we choose to put ourselves in those environments. But we're believing that there's going to be a flow-on effect. The momentum, what's established there will flow on to every person. And so today, I'm believing uh, that, that, that something will uh, just, you'll capture something in your heart. And i um, Man, uh, who got to see Pastor Steve's message about the lion's roar last Sunday? Such a significant message. If you didn't get a chance to watch it, I just encourage you, go back, look on YouTube, search Equippers Church on YouTube, you'll find it. It's an incredible message. I found it stirred something in me again, right? It stirred something in me again to believe that actually uh, God is wanting to do something significant through his people in his city, and that what we're going to see is is a outworking of that, and uh, we've been blessed. When I came to, to write my message uh, for today, I was thinking, man, there's just been so much incredible teaching, right? Who feels like their brain is a little bit like full of stuff, right? Yeah, even if you just watched a live stream session or you came on Monday night or Tuesday night or like, to be honest, if you've been here any Sundays this year, right? Like Pastor Jono, oh, just the way he teaches, I'm like, oh, gotta like, okay, unpack that, like go away, think about, But and I was I was thinking, you know, the temptation is like, okay, we're gonna get, give more and more and more things, but I thought, Actually, today I want to just kind of bring a really simple challenge. Is that okay? Uh, I love, uh, and, and John, Jesus invites us into relationship with him. Uh, in John 23, uh, 12, 23, in the Passion Translation, it says this. If you want to be to my disciple, follow me and you will go where I am going. And if you truly follow me as my disciple, the Father will shower his favor upon your life. It's a pretty incredible thought, right, that we are the invitation to to follow Jesus, that he invites us, he invites us into relationship and that we get the opportunity to go. And then, you know, the amazing thing about our God is that his desire is to just pour his blessing out upon his people. But believing in Jesus doesn't make you a follower of Jesus, I was challenged, um, Pastor Shane Willard said uh, something and it really struck me. He said, even demons believe in Jesus, <laughs> right? They, they believe in Jesus. So what does being a follower of Jesus actually mean? Jesus uh, uses an illustration to outline what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And uh, if you went to Sunday school, you will have heard the song about the wise man who built his house upon the rock. Anyone remember the actions? Wise man built Yeah, yeah, you know it, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, like my boys have come back from preschool and they've been singing it. I was like, oh, come on, this is awesome. So, th- Jesus shares this, uh, this story in Matthew seven about the house on the rock. In the Passion translation, it says this: Everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation. When the rains fell and the flood came, uh, the flood came with fierce winds beating upon his house. It stood firm because of its strong foundation. But everyone who hears my teaching and does not apply it to his life can be compared to a foolish man who built his house on the sand. When it rained and rained and the flood came with wind and waves beating upon his house, it collapsed and was swept away. It's a pretty uh, challenging thought, right? And to have Jesus... Uh, To Jesus, having our house on the rock is to hear and to obey. Now, I I was thinking, you know, about the, the application of this because both people face the storm. But one stands and the other one falls. See, for Jesus, wisdom doesn't matter until it's applied. You know, you can know a lot of things... But actually, unless you're applying it to your life, you're like the man who builds his house on the sand. And that's a pretty challenging thought because we know that storms are going to come in life, right? If you haven't experienced one yet, that's amazing. But the likelihood is that sometime in your life, a storm will come, right? Maybe you've experienced more than your fair share of storms in life. And you know that the foundation on which your life is built is the thing that will uh, mean whether or not your life uh, kind of seems to just fall apart or actually that there's something strong that you can hold onto uh, in the midst of it. Applying wisdom requires discipline and training before the storm. Like, if you think about building a house on the sand and building a house on the rock. You don't build your house in the storm, right? All the builders uh, who live in the it say, "Amen," right? You don't build <laughs> your house in the middle of the storm. You build your house uh, in the time before the storm comes. Uh, you set your foundations. You uh, put the things in place. Uh, and <clears throat> excuse me, if you wait to try and build your house in the storm, it's very difficult. But actually, intention, having that thought of like, I'm going to establish my house. And this morning, I wanted to to encourage you. What has God been speaking to you? What are the things over the last little while that God's been saying to you? What's the stuff? When you listen to Pastor Shane, what was the revelation that you got that he was encouraging you to, to build into your foundation? What was the thing when you listened to Pastor Steve last week that stirred your heart? What was the thing that you oh, oh, like, I've got to go back? What's the thing when you read back through your journal that stands out for you? That's why I like to take notes because I don't know about you. Sometimes it's really hard to take all the information in in this moment, right? And it's when you go away and you think, ah, oh, actually, that's the thing God's been revealing to me. That's the thing that God's been stirring in my heart. That's that little thought that won't go away. That's that thing that actually, right now, what's the challenge for me to put into my life? What's the thing? Discipline is the training for how to act in a situation before it happens. It's active intention. I heard recently, um, Pastor Shane talked about uh, training a child in the way that they should go, and then when they're old, they won't depart from it, right? We've often heard that verse, and he talked about it, and it was revolutionary for my parenting, like about talking to your kids before you enter a situation about some of the things that might happen in that situation, so that when they come upon it, they're kind of not like caught off guard on what to do. Right, so we got home from shout, we went to a birthday party, and so in the car, Caleb and I talking about it, like, okay, you guys are pretty tired, we might have to share our toys, we're giving a new toy to a new, you know, our cousin, or what are you gonna do? Maybe they'll want to play with it. So, like that thought about actively thinking through and putting into place the things before we get into those situations. Learning Bible verses. Those verses that we learn, often we do that as a child, but as we get older, uh, we don't necessarily have that same kind of disciplined recall of the verses. But there's things that we put into our lives as stable foundations uh, that make a big difference when the storm comes. I I remember many, many, many years ago reading The Word for Today. Who reads The Word for Today? You know, they read, like, it was awesome, right? And I remember reading a story about, there was a Navy boat, right, a boat. In a, a naval ship, and it, it was uh, hit and sunk in World War II, and all of the soldiers were, uh, so th- the boat was sunk, so they were all kind of floating in the ocean, waiting to be rescued, right, and they kind of managed to gather themselves together in a group, uh, and they were in the water all night, and they said that they could feel the sharks kind of circling them, which would have been the most terrifying thought in the entire world, right, but one of them knew Psalm 23, and so he, he just just started to speak it out over and over and over and over. And after a while, other people kind of learned, and if they had the strength, they did it as well. So they just repeated it over and over and over again. And when they were rescued, so many of them said that the hope that came because of the verse that he'd remembered was the thing that kept them from drowning. And like the likelihood that we'll find ourselves in a situation that desperate is Unlikely, right? (laughs) Like in the ocean. But where in our lives does what we've put into our life in the moments when things are going well, like come to, to protect us in the times when things are hard? What's the foundation? What's the stuff for you, the things for you that God's been speaking about where you realize that actually when a storm comes, that area of your life seems to kind of slip out from under your feet and you think, oh, Okay, I didn't respond quite the way that I was expecting. Found that a bit more overwhelming than I was expecting. Maybe there's some things that God's encouraging you to build into your foundation. See, I I like that having gauges to determine the health and course of our life is key to being disciplined. Disciplined. I was listening to the Olympics. I've been loving the Olympics. Uh, Who's been watching the Olympics? Some very exciting stuff happening. And one of the things about the Olympics is that they were talking to an Olympic rower and he said, you know, if you don't have the correct technique and you practice, 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 practice the wrong technique, you'll end up like much worse off than if you didn't practice at all, right? But actually, uh, practice is important, but with the correct technique, Uh, then like practicing with the wrong technique is more detrimental than no practice at all. But actually having the right technique, aligning ourselves with the Word of God and regularly assessing whether what we're doing is aligned with the teaching of Jesus. See, right practice is essential in discipline, not just right belief. Because we can believe things, but actually how that aligns in our life, what are the things uh, about thing You know, you can know about eating healthily, right? It's all, we all know, five plus a day, right? <laughs> but actually putting that into practice in our life is whether or not we'll see the results of that kind of thing. And so having us, for many of us, we've heard life-changing teaching recently, either in person, via live stream, or uh, just at church. And I want to ask you the question, what has God been specifically saying to you? What stood out in the sermons that you've heard at church? How is your life going to be different as a result of the revelation and the understanding you've received? What training and disciplines Are you going to put into your life now that will hold you when this storm comes? There's a saying in sport, train hard to fight easy right? You know that the Olympic sevens team, they've done a lot of training, right? So when they come to the moment of needing to put out that effort, that actually they rely on the fitness and the incredible work that they've done before in order to allow them to be able to push themselves that hard. And in life, putting ourselves in that place where actually we're building into the foundations. Because that story, you know, sometimes... I don't know about you, but sometimes when you've heard a story as a child, you can kind of simplify it in your mind and then you brush over it a little bit, right? Like when you get older, I don't know. It's like Jonah and the whale. When uh, Pastor Shane talked about Jonah on Tuesday night, I was really like, oh man, I have like kind of, I realized I've looked at this through a childhood lens and I haven't really changed my thinking to actually think about it. And and I think about the house on the rock because we all knew the song, wise man built It is, house on the rock, you know? And so actually that thought of, That's a pretty challenging thought. What am I building into my life? How firm is my foundation? Sometimes aligning myself to the fact that, wow, I went through a bit of a storm here and it felt like actually I didn't respond in the way that I would have liked. It felt like my life got a bit kind of overwhelmed. And actually, you know, sometimes that happens and we talked about uh, the, the different types of storms, but building a foundation that will hold us in the challenging seasons Maybe for you, you're not exactly sure what God is speaking to you about at the moment. So I wanted to share Psalm 15 with you. In this, David outlines some thoughts about an unshakable life. Psalm 15 verse 1 to 5 says this, Yahweh, who dares to dwell with you? Who presumes the privilege of being close to you, living next to you in your shining place of glory? They are passionate and wholehearted, always sincere and always speaking the truth, for their hearts are trustworthy. They refuse to slander or insult others. They'll never listen to gossip or rumors, nor would they ever harm a friend with their words. They will despise evil and evil workers while commending the faithful ones who follow after the truth. They make firm commitments and follow through, even at great cost." They never crush others with exploitation and they would never be bought with a bribe against the innocent. Those who do these things will never be shaken. They will stand firm forever. The first thought, right? Passionate and wholehearted. Some versions use the words blameless and righteous. It doesn't mean that you won't ever do anything wrong. But if the lights got turned on on your life, Uh, then you wouldn't be ashamed. It's the idea of being blameless, living with integrity and making wise choices. The second one, pretty challenging, speaking truth and not slander. Verse two and three says, always sincere and always speaking the truth for their hearts are trustworthy. They refuse to slander or insult others. They'll never listen to gossip or rumors nor will they ever harm a friend with their words. See, truth is like one filter, right? If you just say what's true, then actually it's not always helpful, right? You can say, okay, yes, it's always true. But to slander the idea of giving someone a bad name. No intentional harm, not even rumours. Avoiding gossip. Verse 4, they keep their word at all costs. They make firm commitments and follow through, even at great cost. And at the end, they never crush others with exploitation and they would never be bought with a bribe against the innocent. They protect the poor and the marginalized.
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our
3: website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.